Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What's up, folks? Welcome in. Hardwood Handicappers here on this Wednesday. We are actually in the same room together recording yeah. live from the D. That's right. Hard the numbers game sharp muddy set. That's right. Uh, my voice is toast. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. No. Uh, we have. <laughs> you did a whole two hours. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All by myself. No help whatsoever. No, we're at the D uh, at Bar Canada recording the pod here today. And um, had an interesting. So, actually, this, this came up organically. I want to bring this up because we were talking a little bit about this at the end of the episode today. We'll get to the card later tonight uh, and do our usual stuff here on, on Hardwood Handicappers. But I wanted to bring this up, Kelly, because last night I took one on the chin, losing a total by a hook. And I will get to the actual game with the Suns and the Warriors. But when I made that bet yesterday, I felt uncomfortable in that – I felt like I just didn't have a grasp of what has been happening. Like I, like, I felt like I haven't been watching, right? I felt like I've been missing stuff in the NBA, mm-hmm. but it's not because I haven't been watching. It's because because of the in-season tournament, yeah. this schedule's been really disjointed and odd, and I kind of wanted to expand on the conversation we brought up on a numbers game that you guys had with Drew Dinsick, and it sounds like I'm not the only one feeling that. No, Because the, the, the rest advantages aren't there anymore that you can take, you know, you can take advantage of, or the fact that I just feel like I haven't seen certain teams for a really long time. I have felt somewhat disjointed in my handicapping process throughout these last, I'd say, three or four days because of what's been happening with the in-season tournament. So I would, too, and I, I, I'm going to split it in half because I think what, there is something that's what's psychological and, what, and what's real, right? What's real is is the rest advantage stuff, right? That, that kind of stuff that we talked about, we, we talked about, like you said, we talked about it on a numbers game, you and I, and we talked about it, Gil and I talked about it with Drew on Tuesday, Um this is the time of year where you start to not only get a feel for teams, get a feel, a feel for what teams are looking like uh, after a, what are we, a month and a half into the season now, basically. Um, you get a strong, you have a strong feel for what these teams are really like, and then you start entering these periods where you get significant rest advantages that we feel like we can, we can benefit from. That's real, because the schedule has been changed around. Now, I think also for me personally, and maybe more for me and you, having been to the games, is there's this psychological hangover effect of like, hey, yeah. it just feels like we, it feels like we finished something significant, but now like we're just continuing with it with a season, right? Yep. I think psychologically there's a bit of that going on for me as well. Yeah, it's it's been odd, it's been disjointed, but now we're gonna get back into the flow of things, obviously, with this week. So hopefully things start to turn around. Hopefully I stop getting burned by the hook. At multiple oh, spots. Man, that's brutal. It, it yeah. has been quite the, the the last four days for me. So, for for those maybe who have not been keeping track, Friday, 
Thank you, Brandon Pajemski, for hitting a meaningless bucket with no time left in mm -hmm. overtime against the Oklahoma City Thunder. A late two-and-a-half number. It, it ended up on two. Thank you. Appreciate and that, that was – I was on that one as well because I'm going to let you get to your horrible streak here. But that is, I believe, now the third game that I've lost on the number from a buzzer-beating bucket. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it just takes so much out of you. Yes, it does. But sorry, that was your first uh, your first night of losing by a half point. Um, Monday night, Memphis Grizzlies taking on the um, Dallas Mavericks. Dallas is a bad defense. Grizzlies, team total, over, 113 and a half. They can get there. Ends up on 113. Oh. By the way, went for a two-point shot at the end, could have hit a three. Like, it, it was just, it was yeah, just nonsense. Yeah. It was just nonsense, whatever. Um, so that one goes. And then we get to last night. Oh, no. Sorry. Also uh, yeah, on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Pistons. Also on Monday. Pistons. Forgot this. Yep. Pistons plus seven and a half. End up losing by eight. It's just, it's been, it's been wonderful. It's been incredible. I have loved every second of it. Then we get to last night. Golden State Warriors on the road against the Phoenix Suns. Early in the morning had bet under 234 and a half. I get positive news. Kevin Durant's not going to play. Total closes 228. 234 and a half. I'm good. I'm, I'm golden. Yeah. In-game total, Kelly. How about this? I don't know how much you tracked of this game. You know how low the in-game total got? What did you get? 218 and a half. <laughs> and at that point, I'm watching. I go, should I come in on over on this thing? Uh, yeah. Like, nah. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in such a good position right now. We're talking about nearly 20 points. I'm in. Four minutes left in the game. We're sitting on 203 points. It ends on 235, but that's not the worst part. Betting under 234 and a half, ending on 235. This is where tight games, this is where tight games burn you. Yeah, I, I, like, I think people don't think, like, yeah, don't, don't get me wrong, yours is especially bad, but I think people think that when it's like this tight, like, battle where, like, shooting percentages aren't really high and it's not up and down the court that, like, it's going to lead to an easy under, but, man, tight games, probably, it just gets problematic with free throws. Yep. And by the way, I just so I'm going to finish this because we just got I just got a text from Zach Cohen, uh, our 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 friend here on Humber Handicappers, and you did as well in the Harvard Handicappers group chat. Um, so Bradley Beal's at the free throw line. Suns are up by three. He's got two shots. Total is at two thirty three. No, sorry, two thirty two. And I know exactly what's going to happen. No, two thirty one. Sorry, my math is bad. And I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm like, he's going to hit both of these shots. And then with no time left, they're not going to guard because they don't need to. Yeah. And I'm going to get a bucket at the end that's going to burn me. And sure enough, Bradley Beal hits both shots. I only needed him to miss one. Just miss one. And we'd be fine. Hits both free throws. Warriors inbound the ball to Brandon Tryhard Pajemski. I mean, that's what it is. It's all, all this crap is, is that. Again, Sorry, finish. Does that name sound familiar? Yeah, Brandon yeah, Pajemski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who runs the length of the floor in less than four seconds to put up a layup to put it over by a half. And... For those who were in on it early, as we got the text from Zach Cohen, those who laid three and a half with the uh, Phoenix Suns, you lose. Yep. You don't cover. You laid three, you push. Oh, dude, it was brutal yesterday. That's I brutal. Don't, I don't think it was a bad beat. It was just it was just the NBA in a nutshell. Y yes. It was brutal. Yes. I hate when those things At happen. At least thank you for, for, for saying it that way yes. and, be, and being that way about it because that is uh, – it is just the NBA, and that and that's it's going to happen. You're going to hit these streaks at, uh, at points in the season, and it sucks. That's the case. They, they, but going at, going back to Pajemski, uh, and it's not just him, but it's it's the type of player. Right? Stupid tryhard rookie. Th this is yeah. Here. This is where it's one of the biggest reasons I cannot mentally bet college basketball that much because you get the 
I've got to try hard for the coach attitude, right? We're in the NBA, we just we know if there's a six-point lead with you know with six seconds left, you're not overcoming that. You just let them play it out. And that's not exactly what was occurring here. But yes, you're you're, you're it's a five-point game with five seconds left, and you're just trying you're just trying to trying to show that hustle for the coach, and that's so what obnoxious, so obnoxious. Uh, it's terrible. So, it's so terrible. The, so the Suns end up winning that game yesterday. Uh, it was interesting to watch. The market really came in and pushed hard. Now, part of it, I think, was the injuries the Suns were dealing with. Nasir Little was out, Grayson Allen was out, and Kevin Durant was out. So it was a really thin team that ultimately ended up winning that game over Golden State, who closed as a two-point favorite. Remember, like they went, it opened three and a half. KD doesn't play, gets down to about one and a half, and then flips the entire other direction with some late steam. So late steam on the wrong side, uh, for the most part, depending on what number you got again with Pajemski's bucket at the end of the game. That's, I think there's not any real giant takeaway. Like, Draymond Green got uh, ejected early in the game. The, the Warriors, again, like... How many so, games do you think for him? I don't think any. Really? I don't think any. Okay. Because I, I, I think he gets one or two. It was a dumb Draymond moment, but it wasn't like Rudy Gobert where there was clear intent. Uh, like, yeah, I, yes, very different. I, I think very he, was very, he was just being extremely over the top. <laughs> And even like right, and even afterwards, like yeah, bro, like, brother, I'm glad brother, I didn't get choked though. Glad <laughs> I didn't get choked. That brother needs some help. Um, but as uh, I think, one of the key differences too is I don't know if you saw immediately afterwards in the press conference. Well, he did tweet out a picture of him with a WWE belt with four rings the second he got ejected. Uh, he also did in the post game apologize to yeah. use of Nurkic. So I, I do think that there was some sense of contrition, thus no punishment, maybe a fine, but I don't think he gets a game. I think he does. I think he does because they have a – just because it's a – man, it's a major – it's a major image problem now for Draymond. I don't know how much – I don't know how much the NBA cares about that, but I think they do a little bit. Where this is now – a guy that we've talked about this with so much, and this is now just the th- – just just the third time in 31 days. Like, yep. it just be- – it starts to add up and be a little obscene. And I think it – I think they kind of sent him – after sending him a message last time around – well, I do think the NBA will be smart enough to realize this is not nearly the same situation. I think they still, I think they still pile on with him a bit with uh, with this suspension. As we sometime. mentioned, we're at Bar Canada, so they have all the TVs on. Obviously, and we're watching Draymond Green actually choke out Rudy Gobert <laughs> as we speak, right. and now we're watching him swing around and smack him with use of Nurkic in the face. Oh boy, that's absolutely oh, ridiculous. So here's the thing: I like I like the little bullet points of the lower third. Put Rudy Gobert in a headlock on November 14th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I, I do think it's like. I, I think it's a larger part. Of, I, I think it was, when that Gobert one happened, the amazing stats coming out of, like, the number of times that Draymond's been thrown out of a game when Steph Curry's not playing in it, like, the huge percentage of them. Like, so I think th- is there something you could take away where there's just frustrations boiling over with the Golden State Warriors? No. Hell yeah. No. Like, yeah, Kelly. hell yeah. I think no. No. What are you talking about? They got rid of the distraction. The vibes <laughs> are so much better this year what changed what what happened oh yeah that's right the kid that got sucked in the face by draymond green is out there watch it was his fault kelly everything's yeah, he, fine he's the bad guy the guy yeah. got sucker punched as the bad i've always loved that narrative the guy got sucker punched as the bad guy somehow um so i think that like, is like, I, un- I understand by all reporting that jordan Poole might might be a terrible terrible teammate but you know what he he doesn't he doesn't punch his teammates he doesn't get thrown out of games yep. that kind of stuff jordan Poole doesn't do so i like again big takeaway from that game 
nothing really. It was two weird teams kind of beat up in a disjointed affair that ended up with a victory. But I will say there is a takeaway from last night. I wanted to build on this before we get to the card. Um, because last night, you know, it, it, it had been a thought that I've been sitting on for a while, Kelly, and I decided to finally do it after watching again yesterday. But the Los Angeles Clippers go out last night and demolish Santa, Sacramento, 119-99. to 99. Uh, It was part of a big second quarter, which they outscored them 38-24. to 24. Kawhi Leonard looked incredible. 31 points, 11-14 from the floor, had four rebounds and three assists. The rest of the lineup contributing in a really positive way. Like the fact that Paul George only had 9.6 rebounds but was still a plus 14 for the night really shows you what's going on. James Harden, he was 0-4 from three-point range, still had 15-6-7, and seven, ended up with a plus 26. This lineup is now working. They understand their roles. They're getting better as the season goes along. By the way, their backup center position is not healthy. Mason Plumley, of course, has been out. They've been using Daniel Tice, and that has kind of worked out for them yeah. as well. Tice has been a really solid addition for them. Tell me why I'm crazy, because here was my thinking. I want to go back to preseason really quickly, why I bet this. Sure. If you remember, and I wrote about this in the NBA guide, if you just if you remove your thought of the injuries that have plagued this team, last year before the season started, Market said this team is plus 750 to win the NBA Finals. Yeah. Not the West, not plus 750 to win the NBA Finals. What happened last year was they just lost in the postseason because of injury. They were up one nothing over the Phoenix Suns in what looked like a really strong showing for them that they would be able to win that series. So you fast forward to this preseason, and the market essentially goes, I don't know if you can hear me on the mic, but I'm dusting my hands, right? Wipe my hands. We're done with this. We can't do this anymore. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. give them the lowest win total of the Kawhi Leonard-Paul George era in the year that Kawhi was set to miss because of the ACL injury. Let's give them the longest odds to win the NBA Finals in the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George era in the year that Kawhi Leonard missed with the ACL injury. That's the only difference. And so my whole thought coming into the season was this is – I was talking about buy-low spots. Yeah, right. This yeah, is the yeah. buy-low season for the Clippers if they show you anything. Then they go and get James Harden. They lose their, last, their first five games with him, but then you start to see the little signs of growth. And I think, and again, they have now won nine out of the last, or ten out of the last 13 mm-hmm. games. They've won five straight. The numbers continue to get better with this lineup out there. I'll give them to you in a minute. But watching that last night, I just sat there and I went, why am I waiting? Like They're showing the signs of growth. The Western Conference as a whole does not look as strong as you expect it to be. And you look forward with their schedule, and it does get a little difficult here. But this is a team that is starting to grow and show signs of that growth. Why not jump in now in an off-market number of 30-1 to 1 to win the NBA? Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I think it, it also the other thing going in your favor is I think if anything, the the Western Conference of what we view to be the we- top of the Western Conference has got a little bit more muddied uh, even from the preseason uh, and where we thought really teams were at. I think the Nuggets, uh, I mean, the Nuggets, Nuggets definitely have more questions about them right now than we had preseason just just because Jamal Murray availability for the most part. Um and, and Jokic not shooting the ball as well, but he's still incredible. I'm not worried about Nikola Jokic, and I'm not really worried about this Denver team in the long run. But, like, okay, we're still sitting – it's December 13th. We're still sitting here. We haven't seen uh, the big three play a single game together yet for yep. the Suns. The Warriors are having obvious struggles. So, I think when you look around the rest of the Western Conference, Timberwolves have been great. Can they keep but, it up? I think it's a big question for people. I think defensively they can, but they have, they obviously have a very clear weakness, which yeah. is their average at best on offense. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think the defense isn't going anywhere. Yeah. It's, you know, how much can they improve on offense from here to the end of the season? Uh, it's true. Um, I've, I've just got numbers pulled up to me for, uh, in front of me just over at Cleaning Glass from November 19th. You're talking about non-garbage time minutes as Clippers team being t- tied third for the best net rating over that time, only behind Orlando and Oklahoma City. 
who continue to play well, by the way. I feel like people are so, so ready to write both those teams off. And they're right there. It's Orlando, Oklahoma City, Clippers, uh, uh, plus what, 8.6, and tied right there with Philly. So, yes, like of what this team has looked like, and in, in I was a guy when they first got Harden that there was that period where they stuck on the road for like three or four games where right, it was yeah. like an auto bet against because they it was like – it was no practice time. They, they were just thrown together. And it was, like, obvious they were treating it that way. They were like, yeah, whatever. We'll get back to L.A. We'll figure that. We'll get some practices, and we'll get this figured out. And they were, like, an auto fade at that point. But as soon as they got back to L.A. after that trip, I was like, all right, time to hit the pause button. Let's see what this team does. Mm-hmm. And this team, I think they, they stumbled through that period of what to do with the starting lineup. They made the right call of what to do, in my opinion, with the starting lineup, put Russell Westbrook on the bench. And – now we do we do have we have numbers that say playing through this this team is playing better. You want these numbers? James Harden on the floor, Russell Westbrook off the floor. Yep. A plus 14.9 net rating, ranks in the 97th percentile. Again, this is not blame Russell Westbrook. It's since they've changed the lineup, right? Sure, right. It's tangible, just a, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's just it's just how this five plays together. Yep. It's been a tangible change. The specific starting lineup, James Harden, Terrence Mann, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Vicha Zubac, they have outscored opponents by 14 points every 100 possessions. And those numbers, every time, if, if you've listened to the pod every day, yeah. we've brought this up a couple times, those numbers, you'll notice, improve every time I bring them up. Mm-hmm. They're getting better. They're mm-hmm. getting more comfortable. And it's a team that quietly, too, like we brought up Minnesota that gives like a team like Denver some matchup issues because yeah, right, they yeah, match up yeah. with them. The, the 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 Clippers on paper also quietly give the Nuggets some matchup issues as well. I mean, I mean, I think if uh, I think they are so so, I will get back to the, uh, real quick. The only reason I'm not jumping aboard with you is yes, I am one of those guys that's in, that's in the health questionable camp. Okay, you do have the. We, we talked about this on the numbers game. You've talked about how much, how many games Kawhi Leonard missed, as you as you told me, none, zero. That is a big deal. I do think that's a big deal. Um, I think when we talk about what this team looks like long term, if if you are, you know, if you're assuming health with this team, is there a tougher matchup in the Western Conference in this team? Sure, right. Because of what they can do, everything defensively. I mean, they have perimeter defenders that yes, might be need to need to be leaned on more for their offense during the course of a regular season, but we know what Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can do defensively when they need to do when they need to do uh, be there. We know what what Zubats could do defensively when, when we need to see it. So. Yeah, I think from that standpoint, like yes, they're, they're one of the toughest matchups to draw in know, the NBA. We know how good their bench can be as well. Right? Like, yes. yes. And Norm you have to deal and, with Westbrook yes. and Powell. Like it's yeah. No, I I think this it, this is the point. This is the point where you buy in. And even if you want to go finals, like I have to text Mitch Moss right back right now, but he texted me right now. Clippers to win the division. Like that's they're only a half game out right sure. now. Sure. Nobody's running away with the Pacific Division at this point. They could certainly still win the Pacific right now. So I just think that this is the time to potentially buy in on some positives when it comes to the Los Angeles Clippers. Because, again, this is the whole point of the risk, right? Because you're saying you want to see it. And this is how you have, like, the philosophy of betting, which is Correct. I'm willing to take the risk. Right. Because yeah. when you take the risk, if you're right, the payoff is going to be much better because this number will begin to shrink. And you'll get, again, a team that last year the market said was one of the best teams in the NBA. Now you're getting them at 30-1 to 1 and arguably better with James Harden in the yep. starting lineup. Yep. Yeah, it, it, just overall, like, a lot of these teams that we talked about, too, I mean, it, you brought up Norman Powell. This, this, this is what just clicked in my brain. It's the – how many teams did we talk about preseason, whether it was the Nuggets, whether it was the Bucks, whether it was the Celtics? It's, I like a lot of things about this team, 
I'm a little concerned about the depth, right? right? Like Clippers are not a team you're going to be bringing that up about. You know, as long as yeah, as long as they stay injury free, maybe you'd like to add a little bit more down low. But other than that, like you're talking about as about as quality of depth as you could ask for in the NBA right yep. now with that team. All right, so we've been on for like we're about 20 minutes or so. Today's going to be a unique episode because a lot of uh, logistics we got to take care of. So I actually let's just let's make this a short episode. Let's wrap up and just say, do you have anything tonight in the NBA? I know it's a deep card. I apologize for anybody, but we both got to do some things, and I've got to yeah. run out of here. So well, what do you got? Well, I think we kind of explained it at the top, but look, this is this is just not a normal middle of December week. I feel like NBA betting wise, for for what we've gotten used to in the past couple of years, uh, just in season. Tournament, messing with these uh, with with different rest advantages spots. Last night I didn't bet a single thing. Tonight there's not a whole like a lot uh, I like on the card. I am keeping an eye out. JT, I, was, I haven't been on the pod the past two days. I was so happy to see Zion put up a big game after all the all yeah. the hate he got over two games in the end in season tournament. Especially after I, I'm a big Stephen A. fan, but what I would what I would deem as a somewhat low blow. Yes, of a rant exa- exactly. Him. Yes. And yeah, if you want to go there, guess what? Like you you want to come after me? You can come after me and call me fat every time. Yeah, that's probably not going to change anytime soon. Zion, you can go after him and call him fat every time you want to. That's not going to change anytime soon, right? So I was glad to see him have a big game. I think. To Today and he, this is all injury stuff. You got to keep your eye on between now and game time. But if Zion goes, and especially if Daniel Gafford's out for for the Wizards, oh boy, where the hell is the rim protection happening for Washington? And we know Zion; that's all he does is go and score at the rim. So if Zion plays it, I think I'm playing an over on a point prop uh, for him. That is not one I've played yet. The only thing I have played, um, and really the only thing that significantly stuck out to me, is the Bucks. Uh, I played it at five and a half on the opener. It is six and a half where we're looking at it right now. It is nine seventeen a.m. Pacific time as we record. Uh, always like to drop that in there because right. these numbers move. Um, six and a half on the Bucks side. I think a bit, there, there's a few things here. What we saw the number adjustment just when I saw five and a half on the opener. My first thought was, what the hell was this number? It was four and a half five yeah. when the in season tournament game. Now we're in Milwaukee and you're only going up to five and a half. That was pretty much enough for me to get on this side. But we saw what the Lakers were able to do against Halliburton and kind of control this Pacers team a little bit. We saw how how upset this Bucks team was after that game uh, against the Pacers. I, if there's any sort of revenge spot that you're ever going to see in the NBA, this one's got, got it all over it tonight. So I do think you're going to see a, be, a better performance by the Bucks tonight at home against this Pacers team. I like laying the points with Milwaukee. Yep. Uh, under 258.5 for me. I think that's the way yep. to go. So uh, that's what I bet. That's the only thing uh, that I played here in the early morning window so far. By the way, Desmond Bain popped up on the injury report. He is uh, has an illness. So I thought you mentioned that there was some Memphis money coming in, but oh wow, yeah, you're right. Can yeah, I, that, that Memphis. No, and you're right. It was it had gotten down to six. It was kind of like seven, seven and a half. It had gotten down to six. Now it's bounced back up to like seven, seven and a half. I want to open a can of worms. I'll just say this really quickly. You know, I, I know I have a I have an affinity. I have a respect for the betting market. There's a lot of people who take it as gospel, and so when you see a line move, they're like, they know something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last night's kind of an example with that Warrior Suns game. We don't know anything. Sure. Kevin Durant's listed as questionable. Market was like, listed as questionable. Market hedges. He's ruled out. Yeah. After yeah. he's ruled out, market moves. Like, we don't know I, I, anything. I think there's also, like, just to go on that, though, like, we, we complain, like, NBA betters, we complain about this stuff all the time, right? We also, though, like the NBA, sometimes, like with this Desmond Bain one, you kind of get more info sometimes from them that can trip you up right. than you need to, right? Like, 
That's it. Okay, he's questionable with an illness. What the hell does that mean, right? He, he might have just had an upset tummy, yep. JVT, right? Like, he might be fine in a few hours, and he might be good to go, and that's not going to matter at all. Um, one other game I just want to bring up real quick before we get out here, Knicks and Jazz tonight. Um, Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson's out. Marketing upgraded to questionable, so I guess so means he's going to play. Yeah, like I think there's a chance he's, he's back been out tonight. for long enough. If he's upgraded, that means he's playing. I think so too. But didn't they do that like a couple weeks ago too? I don't remember. Did he get upgraded and then downgraded again? All I'm saying is technically he's questionable. Walker Kessler's questionable. John Collins questionable. Yeah. Jordan Clark is already out. You're telling me two of the three of those guys don't go. I'm running and betting the Knicks. Yeah, or so, or one of my favorite angles as usual. Team total under for the Utah Jazz. Or yeah. that too. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, again, apologies a little bit quick. We got a lot of different stuff, uh, a lot of juggling things to do here in the early morning slate. I had to fill in on a numbers game this morning, too, which kind of changed the dynamic of the morning. Uh, with that, like, rate, review, subscribe, vcin.com for the columns, and we will talk to you tomorrow in a better episode of Harvard Handicappers. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.